Something simple, even though it's actually quite difficult to play and sing, to be honest, surprisingly. Um, that's No by Nick Drake off Pink Moon album, 1970-something, I can't remember when. Um, and I picked something easy to play. I wasn't going to play it all, but I thought, well, I've done an intro song on every episode, I need to... Just bash something out. Because uh, I'm actually not that well. I flew home from Singapore yesterday. I've been in Singapore for the last week having a little holiday mixed with a tiny bit of work with my wife. Um, and we got the midnight flight from Singapore. So it left Singapore at midnight. So we were up the whole day. And it got into Melbourne around 9 o'clock. And then, so I was pretty shattered. I just hate those sort of flights. And then at four in the afternoon, I went and had a root canal done. So, yeah. And now I've woken up and I've, I think I've got some sort of minor cold, which is normal for catching a plane. Because there'll be just be one or two people in there who've got something and I'll get it. I hate it. But anyway, I really, I really dislike traveling now. After all the traveling that I've done in my life, I can't even begin to think of the number of plane trips I've taken. Uh, I just like it less and less and less every time. Uh, it's just a hassle. Uh, even if I'm flying business class or something like that, I still don't like it. Um, I just I just don't like traveling now. I don't know why, but I don't. Um, but Singapore. Um, I want to talk about Singapore this episode um, because uh, I think it's an amazing city and we had a great time there um, and um, excellent for just a variety of reasons and coming back into Melbourne, into Melbourne Airport was such a shock uh, after, um, after coming from Singapore. I'd say that Singapore Airport, Changi Airport, is without a doubt the best airport in the world. It really is. Um, I got in there, uh, my wife was in Sri Lanka. She spent a few weeks in Sri Lanka doing some sort of yoga, Ashtanga yoga retreat with no alcohol allowed. So I, of course, said, no way I'm going on that. And um, and she flew back via Singapore. So I, I flew to Singapore to meet her and I arrived about a couple of hours before her flight and I passed through customs. And then I just waited in the baggage area because I figured that was the best area to wait. Now, 
imagine any other airport in the world waiting in the baggage area i mean for two hours i mean it just it'd just be shit there's no two ways to describe it it was completely pleasant it was completely pleasant because the layout's amazing they've got this whole wall which is a huge wall i mean it must be i don't know how many meters tall 20 25 meters tall which is all green plants living plants not plastic plants cascading down the walls i was sitting beneath that um it's a beautiful building which is something to say for an airport um beautifully laid out clean um but without being sterile um and everyone's well behaved um everyone was dressed well um there was no bad behavior or yobbish behavior or louts or screaming children or children just running around doing whatever they wanted uh, with no control um, it was just completely civilized and I found myself relaxing uh, while I waited for my wife's flight to get in uh, and I mean I, I can't believe I'm saying that about an airport but that's that's what it was like um, we stayed uh, in a great location uh, the Fort Canning Hotel uh, Fort Canning was the um, original British military administration uh, center uh, there's a bunker there as well where um, uh, the generals in command um, worked out that they needed to surrender to the Japanese in World War Two. stupidly. Um, so we were right there and the, the hotel, um, good hotel. Um, the type of hotel you're going to use as a base and then go out and explore from, which is exactly what you want in a city that when you've gone to the city, I wouldn't call it a a resort retreat hotel but for what it was it was perfect great room um and uh, and just brilliant location so we <coughs> excuse me we we mostly walked around the place um it was an easy 10 minute walk into the into the uh financial district along the river from where we were um we there's three um cultural areas unique cultural areas in Singapore because it's quite a multicultural uh, city uh, or city-state, I should say. Um, the Chinatown, uh, India, Little India or India Town uh, and Malay, the Malay Town. And we walked to each of them from where we were. It wasn't a problem at all. Um, my wife had been in Sri Lanka for the past two weeks, so she was quite used to the humidity. I've lived in the tropics for many years, so the, uh, the weather didn't bother, bother us at all. I'd say it was around 70%, 75% humidity, something like that, around 28 degrees Celsius. And yeah, nice after being in a Melbourne winter for the last five months. Seems to have lasted forever. Um, I know that uh, uh, Black Dragon from the Black Dragon blog went to Singapore early this year and completely hated the weather and, and, and ranted about it on his blog how, and how he could never live there. But yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. It was quite nice. And I wore um, I wore a suit sometimes. I also had pants and a jacket just because uh, for some of the stuff I was doing there. And yeah, no worries. Um, in fact, often I was going outside to get away from the air conditioning. I just found found the air conditioning a little bit blasty. Um, why would I want to do an episode about Singapore, though? I mean, you could say, well, all right, okay, Adam, you you went to Singapore. You went to Singapore. And you, yeah, you had a weekend there. Why is that interesting? Well, I, I think I think Singapore is the 
um, the best example of government done right in the world. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anywhere else in the world right now that can beat Singapore. I don't think there's anywhere else in the world that even come close to Singapore. Um, Singapore is a representative democracy-based system. Um, what are the differences? The same party has been in power since since they formed modern Singapore, which is I think is about 1959 or 1960 or something like that. Um, and it's funny, um, Freedom House ranks Singapore as partly free, in inverted commas, in its Freedom in the World report. And The Economist ranks Singapore as a flawed democracy, which is really funny because it's the only democracy I've ever seen that works. And um, the, yeah, the same, government, same party's been in power for the whole time, but uh, uh, they've set it up correctly. They've set it up correctly. And I think um, the main difference with, uh, with Singapore as other democracies is that the, the government model um, doesn't favour uh, populist politics. Uh, in other words, in, in Australia or the, the US or Britain or wherever around the world, government's trying to get in, will promise people lots of stuff. Oh, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, you know. Oh, we'll 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 paint your local sports club, blah blah blah. Just bribing people. Singapore government doesn't do that. It completely focuses on the nation's long-term interest in a very pragmatic way, and it shows. It just shows. Um, the the city of Singapore in its um, infrastructure just has to put every other city I've seen, and I've seen a lot. I mean, the only continent I haven't been to is South America, and I don't think there's anything in South America that's going to compete with Singapore. I've been a lot of places, spent a lot of time in a lot of places around the world, lived in a lot of places and worked, and the infrastructure in Singapore is just unbelievably good. It really is. We went to the Marina Bay Sands Hotel. Now, the Marina Bay Sands, talk about infrastructure. Um, so that's the famous hotel that has the, the three pillars, the, the enormous pillars, which are each, you know, the hotel rooms. And then on the top, you've got like half a boat, or I should say half half a ocean liner. Um, and, uh, and we had lunch up there. I think it's called Sky 57. Uh, and I'll get to, to the food in just a sec because the food in Singapore was extremely impressive. But looking out from there, we view it right across the city. The infrastructure that we could see um, stretched as far as the eye can see. Uh, and you might think that that's depressing, but uh, the really noticeable thing about Singapore was how green it is, as in plants. Like I've already mentioned the airport, but um, every boulevard was lined with beautiful mature trees. There was shade almost everywhere you went, gardens and parks everywhere. Um, buildings themselves, I mean, skyscrapers with whole floors cascading all the way around with, uh, with greenery, with live plants uh, flowing down the walls on you know, 30 or 40 or 50 floors up. Um, the top of skyscrapers like the very, very top of the skyscraper being like a, you could see it from a distance, having full-grown trees on it. I mean, they've really, really um, put a lot of long-term effort. The transport, best I've ever seen. Nothing even comes close. We went on driverless trains um, 
and they work beautifully. Uh, easy to understand. We, we, we did a lot of walking, but the times when we needed to be somewhere quick, the first time we, we used the subway system, we looked at the ticketing system and was like, oh, okay, this seems pretty easy. But I thought I went and asked the guy anyway at the, at the window. He was very helpful. We got our tickets. We went through the little barriers and we stood there for must have been maybe about five or ten seconds before the escalators just working out which platform to go to. And he came out from behind his door, walked about 30 metres over to us just to make sure that uh, that we knew where to go. And this is a public servant working in a in a train station. This just doesn't happen in other places. And I think that, that was one of the other th- other things I really noticed was that uh, everyone in any, any I had any contact with on a professional basis, whether it's a person in a shop or a bar or a government employee, friendly, helpful, smiling, pleasant, thanking us for our business, um, just and genuine. Um, it was it was just really, really, really noticeable. Now, uh, we saw some friends in Singapore, uh, and they've been living there for about 10 years, I think. And we spoke to other people who have been living there for a while, and we expressed the opinions of what I'm saying now, and, and the reaction we got was like, oh, well, you don't live here, blah, 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 blah. And I can understand that. I mean, I know what it's like. I had it all the time initially when people would rock in and look at where we were living and go, you're living the dream, this is perfect, this is... And we'd go, <laughs> yeah, well, there's lots, of, there's lots of stuff here that doesn't work that you're just not seeing right now. Um, but the stuff that people were amazed with in Italy uh, was the landscape, was the mountains, was uh, going out, you know, the whole cultural thing. The stuff that I was really amazed with in Singapore was the infrastructure and how things worked. And that's a totally different thing to be amazed with. Um, and so I think that I, I want to understand what the locals are living there were saying. I I just I'm in awe. Um, completely orderly, completely clean. Um, Canning Park, where our hotel was located, is quite a large park in the, in the centre of the city. Uh, we went for a walk there after dark, and there were women jogging past us continuously by themselves. You just wouldn't get women jogging in a park at night in Melbourne. You 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 you're asking for serious trouble. Uh, we never we never had we walked everywhere. We went to every place apart from one instance, which I'll talk about in a sec. We uh, there's just no crime. There's no homeless people. There's no people begging. There's no welfare in Singapore. Absolutely no welfare at all. Um, and yet we never we never saw any poverty. About apparently ninety percent of people own their own homes. In Singapore, ninety percent. I think it's uh, I think it's under fifty percent in Australia, um, and yet there's no welfare there. There's no public housing of any sort. Um, there's no unemployment benefits. The only the only form of welfare that they have is um, I think for uh, your pension or your, your sick people, but it's 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 pretty low. Um, so I was I mean I just uh, it. it it just shows it shows democracy done right. Um, it shows multiculturalism done right because everyone who comes to live in Singapore it doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or a Malay or a Hindu or a Protestant or an expat, whatever. You have to obey their laws. You have to get with their program, and that's it. They're not gonna they're not gonna take any rubbish. Um, and on top of but on top of that, they don't they don't go around invading other countries, so they're not pissing people off. Um, so it's, 
it's government done right it's multiculturalism done right and it's it's the best example of a free market economy and capitalism there is so much wealth there there is so much wealth um i i didn't see one office for let space when i was there um i never saw any empty shops maybe i was going to the wrong places i didn't see any shop empty shops as well uh locals told me that shops changed over a lot uh, because the rents are high so if you can't pull it off there then you'll be gone fast but someone is in to take your place but that's that's free market capitalism working yeah if you're not competitive then you're out the door and someone else jumps in to take your place to have their shot at being competitive that is free market capitalism so there's no state sponsored industries that are just loping along not cutting the mustard um it's uh I, of course i know that singapore is essentially a money laundering pit for the whole of asia i mean i get that um but they've done it right uh and 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 who cares i mean someone's going to do it what are we thinking the world's all pure and perfect uh, very 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 um impressive city um uh i look i'm really struggling to find something that i didn't like about it um for your young guys out there um very i i was quite astounded by the amount of beautiful women i saw in singapore whether it was uh um expat women very high class westerners staying there saw some truly stunning um western women uh the local the local women especially the malays um very 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 stunning um and extremely friendly and open stopped a few of them to ask directions uh, a couple of times and and just just fantastic if i was a young guy um very hungry and and eager <coughs> i couldn't recommend singapore enough get with a company that's got a branch in singapore and and uh make all your moves to get there and get transferred there uh, i met a we went, we had um dinner at a restaurant called cheek by jowl um and an australian couple the 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 guy is sri lankan original origin and uh, his wife is uh, uh anglo-saxon australian and they've been there about a couple of years and opened their their own restaurant um stunning food really 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 doing well and they're doing really well well because they're doing a great job um so there's there's plenty of opportunity we met we met some american guys who've um who set up a bar there and now listed in the top 50 bars in the world brilliant bar um negative singapore price of alcohol holy crap um all right yeah average bar a a half beer so you're looking about 330 mil draft beer um your average price of that would be around 13 dollars in singapore i saw the most expensive i saw it was 22. um the singapore dollar is about one to one with the aussie so that's that's pretty crazy um but you could find good value on our last afternoon we found a little bar in raffles city across from the raffles hotel 
really nice bar. We sat there and and had, um, I think it was uh, $8 gin and tonics, and they had beers, draft beers for $5 uh, at just a certain time of the day. So you could do it. If you went to the, if you went to the tourist traps like the Raffles Hotel Long Bar, um, I think a couple of drinks there after your sales tax and service tax went to 60 bucks, which is pretty crazy. Um, but that's a, that's a tourist trap, and you'd be looking at you know, one of the most expensive places in the city. Quality of food, um, we didn't have a bad meal there. We only had one average meal, but everything else was, was, was stunning. There's so much competition and there's so much effort to, to rise above everyone else that, that restaurants and bars there have to, have to push, have to innovate. And this is the beauty about free market economy and free market capitalism when done right is the, the, the people who benefit from that are the consumers. Um, just um, really, really, really interesting cuisine um, from so many places. Um, the other thing that was really expensive there was smoking. I went to have a look at some cigars. There was a cigar shop in, uh, in Chinatown and... Uh, one Cohiba, one, a single one, was around $90, um, which is about three times the price of Australia. So needless to say, we didn't smoke any cigars, in, or I didn't smoke any cigars in, um, in Singapore. Only time that I didn't feel um, not, not safe, we won't say that, but um, we'll, we'll just call it, not happy with what was going on was in the the Malay Malay town. Um, we went there on the Monday morning, and Monday last Monday was a public holiday in Singapore, and we were there at about ten in the morning. So it was very quiet, and people were just opening up when we walked through. So basically, we were the only people walking through at the time. Um, and so the Malay area is, is predominantly Muslim. There was a huge mosque in there that we walked towards. And we just got the, the vibe that we were dirty white people and they don't like us. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the same around the world now. Uh, Muslims tend not to like Westerners for obvious reasons. Um, uh, some of which are understandable, I suppose, uh, considering the amount of... Uh, of um, Interference that's gone on in the in the Middle East and uh, Muslim nations by Western countries, um, fine. Don't like us. Don't don't like us. But don't attack me for uh, picking up on it at the same time. Um, don't sit there saying we're Islamophobic bashing Islam when you can just comment on the fact that it wasn't friendly. It was complete and it was so noticeable when compared to the rest of Singapore and how friendly Singapore would be. Extremely. Um, so um, my wife and I didn't spend much time in there. We got out fairly quickly. But that was the only, that was the only moment in Singapore that um, uh, we didn't feel. I wouldn't say not safe, just not welcome. Um, like I said, crime is just seems non-existent in Singapore. There are no homeless people, and it's because they don't put up with any shit. I think um, I think it's mandatory death penalty for murder, for drug trafficking, for selling drugs, 
uh, you get beaten by the cat with a cane um, for a lot of uh, um, offences, and you can see lots of signs everywhere, like um, you know, if you see any suspicious behaviour reported to the authorities. And I commented to my wife, "There's there's so much big. I suppose it's there's two types of big government." Big Daddy, there's the the typical Western welfare state where the, the big government wants to look after you and treat you like a child. Um, and so, oh, you know, no, you don't need to have any responsibility. Here's your welfare. Here's this. We'll do everything for you. Don't worry, blah, 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 blah. So buying everyone off and just drugging them into a, into a dependent state. And the other type of big government is the authoritarian type, type where it's more like a Big Daddy looking down on you and it's like, if you get out of line, you're going to be the shit. Um, now, if I was a rebellious 18-year-old, I could see that being stifling. Um, but as a, I've done all the shit in my life that I'm going to do 45-year-old, it didn't impact on my wife and I in any way, shape or form. We did everything in that city that we'd normally do anywhere else. Um, so... I, and the, the benefits of, of it were not being hassled, people behaving well, people dressing well. Wow, Singaporeans really dress well, which is um, takes a bit of effort considering the, the humidity there. But um, the only people we saw walking around looking like they just got out of bed were fat Westerners who were obviously tourists. Um, but everyone else, expats included, you could, you could just tell the difference between an expat and a tourist. It was so obvious. Um, really make an effort. Yeah, we went out for dinner. And everyone was, well, every place we went to, everyone was dressed really well. Now, you might think um, that's not such a big deal, but in Australia, um, everyone, almost 90% of people look like they've dragged themselves, literally just dragged themselves out of bed. There's no effort. And then, of course, there's a don't judge me attitude. It's nice to be surrounded by people who make an effort. It's nice. Um and it's nice to be able to wear, wear nice clothes. I wore clothes in Singapore that I own that sometimes in Melbourne, I think twice, three times, four times before wearing them because I just know when I go out that I'm just going to be getting attitude from people based on how, because I'm dressing well, and which shits me to tears. Now, I know I sh- it's not that I want their good opinion. It's just that I don't need the hassle. I don't need the hassle. Um, whereas in Singapore, there was no hassle at all. It was, um, it was absolutely, absolutely fine. Um, we got, we got warned about the air quality before we went there. Uh, apparently there's a haze that comes in from the Malay Peninsula where they burn off palm for palm oil or something like that. Um, but, but there was never any problem with air. I thought the air quality was actually really, really good. Um, and, um, uh, interesting history as well. Uh, it was it was quite interesting to see, uh, especially the Second World War stuff because I'm a bit of a history buff. So I loved uh, I loved checking out Singapore, um, but I, I I just couldn't recommend the city enough. I think um, uh, I'd move there actually um, quite happily, except the good wife doesn't like the the not the humidity, but not having four seasons, and I, I can understand that. Um, having four seasons, summer, winter, that sort of thing is is 
is enjoyable. Um, I find that when I've lived in in places that don't have four seasons, which is the tropics, you tend to, because there is no difference in the season, because the only difference between one day and the next is whether it rains or it doesn't rain, uh, you tend to, as regards to the, to the climate, you tend to exist. Um, what do I mean by that? Well, in a, in a four seasons area, especially like, for instance, in an extreme example, like up in Italy in the mountains where I live, um, you you tend to live more with the climate. So the year has its natural phases and rhythms and you tend to do more in spring and summer and then wind down and, and hibernate a little bit in winter, which, which lets you recharge your batteries and you get this nice rhythm to your life, I find. Whereas in a, a tropical environment, it's always just go, 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 go because there is no, and there is no winding down as a result. Um, unless you're not doing anything. I mean, typically in the tropics, uh, human beings in the past have lolled around and pulled food off trees. Um, and that's why civilization tended, historically over millennia, tended to come out of cold places. People had to um, um, uh, find ways to get ahead because the weather was so, such a determinant factor in what was going on. Um, especially if you had a bad growing season, uh, then you could be really, really behind. Um, so you had to as humans had to innovate more. I'd say in the colder climates, and that's that's where that's where you know the great civilizations have tended to come from. But when you look across the equator around the world, um, we got Africa, Africa, yeah, whatever, um, and then it goes through Central America and you know the Caribbean, the Dominican Republic, that area there. And then it comes through uh, Asia Pacific region. You, you, you've never really had any great um, civilizations rise up from that area. I mean, there have been examples, I suppose, in Thailand and Laos and that area, but uh, nothing to the extent that you've had in the northern hemisphere. And and I and I do think the climate is a big uh, a big part of that. Um, Ah, oh, the only thing that pissed me off about uh, the only thing that pissed me off about Singapore, we went to their um, I can't remember the name of it, but next to the Marina Bay Sands, behind it, there's this huge park, this garden, and they've got um, um, these artificial trees and all these. It, it's huge, absolutely huge. And I think they've got every plant species in the world there, or close to it. Uh, amazing to walk around and we went into one they've got two enormous glass houses or greenhouses i think they're the world's largest greenhouses and we went into the the mountain one um which was which was very interesting and extremely well done um but they were crapping on about climate change so there were all these displays and then this you know oh human induced climate change will do this and we'll pull the resources and we need to a whole bunch of guilt trips which is um you know a little a little hard to swallow at the best of times um but it's particularly um hard to swallow when you've got a 15 square kilometer city which i mean how many resources has have to come in to singapore on a daily basis to keep it going um then that's a little a little bit hard to swallow the propaganda like that so um, the the good wife ushered me out of there before I 
before I was exposed to it anymore because I think my my ears were starting to steam at that point. Um, but that was my only really, really downtake of it. So Singapore, great example of free market economy working as intended. Great example of um, uh, government democracy working as intended. Um, going for long-term uh, pragmatic planning solutions as opposed to your short-term populist fix. And it shows. It shows in everything they've got there. Um, like I said, I'd move to Singapore um, if the wife was up for it, but she's not. Um, I think um, for young people today, if you're living in a place, a Western country, where you're not happy with what's going on, seriously have a look at Singapore. Uh, the best way to get there would be to have, have your company that you're working for transfer you there. Um, but like I said, I met the Australian couple that went there off their own bat and uh, opened their own restaurant. But um, the guy in that couple have, has some serious chefing skills, I mean, serious chef, chefing skills. So if you have your own skills and you have um, a backer or you have your own money to invest, I think I think it'd be a, an excellent idea as a as a place to visit on a holiday. Loved it. I was just pissed off that we had to leave before the Grand Prix, um, but I'd forgotten that it was on, uh, and I had to get back to Australia for a root canal, amongst other things. Uh, otherwise, would have stayed for it. But um, great place to visit. Great food. You'll need to take a bit of cash. Um, I think hotel apart. To enjoy yourself, you need four or five hundred dollars a day budgeted. Um, but um, lovely part of the world, really, really interesting, and um, and I can't recommend it enough. Uh, while I was away, I, I didn't even look at my emails. I couldn't actually. I couldn't access them because my stupid Hotmail account thought that I was trying to hack my account because I wasn't logging in from Australia, and uh, I was just a pain in the ass. Um, and so I decided not to look at anything, not to look at the blog. I um, I set up, a, I wrote a whole bunch of posts before I left, and just programmed them to to post themselves on each on a consecutive day at the same time. Um, and it was nice to have a little break from work, I should say. Uh, kind of cleared my head. I think I've come back with some more ideas. We've got the uh, the new cover for the new book done. Um, and I'm going to be uploading everything this weekend and hopefully the new book will be out fairly soon. Um, the cover's on my blog, so go have a look at that. Um, and uh, and hopefully you'll all buy it and you'll like it. But the feedback I've had from it from my proofreaders and everything has been fantastic. So um, quite excited about getting this one out there. The third one, I won't talk about that yet, but... I've already sketched it out, and I've sketched the fourth one out as well. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the next two books after this one, third and fourth books, is that they're not about what I've done. Uh, one's going to be a fiction book, and one's going to be a, uh, um, well, it's a non-fiction book, but it's not a memoir. So this is it for the memoirs for this point in time. I think, um, I think I've done enough on those. Um, though they've been, they've been fun to write. Shout out to Aaron Clary at Captain Capitalism. Um, who sponsors my podcast? Um, he's got his audiobook now of Reconnaissance Man. So if you're into audiobooks, if you've been waiting for that, um, you can uh, 
get that from him. Um, and check out his blog, Captain Capitalism and Asshole Consulting. Uh, as regards to audiobook of my next book, if I do it, I'll be recording it myself. Um, but I still have to crunch the numbers on that and see uh, if it's worthwhile doing. Um, so there we go. That was the Singapore episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, sorry for f- being a little flat. I'm not as energetic as I normally am, but like I said, I think I've come down with something. Um, but uh, that's that's the bane of travelling. The bane of travelling. Until next week. Podcast will be back at the same time next week as per normal. So you'll get another podcast in a few days. Um, stay safe, kitties, And uh, I'll see you then.